Hello and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Tonight's episode 7, Rolling Them Bones. So tonight we're going to be talking about dice games. I'm your co-host Tony and joining me tonight as always, Marty. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. And yourself? Doing good, but as you know, for the past, oh, I don't know, 40 (laughs) minutes, we've been trying to get this show started. (laughs) <laughs> so some behind the scenes information this is probably what our sixth or seventh take of just trying to do the intro and we keep oh. chewing on our words we cannot get this out so this is it this, this is the one this right here it. this is oh man this it's been bad and i appreciate you the patience with me holy cow that was probably the roughest start we've ever had doing this <laughs> but we're in it now we're going we're going and we we're rolling with it but um, <laughs> so tonight's episode is all about dice games we're going to be looking at various types of dice games from things we used to play when we were little kids up to the stuff that we play now and the and the different types of dice games and different types of mechanics that are involved in these games right i hope so i hope that goes well and i hope that it goes as smoothly as the intro went so <laughs> Why don't we just go ahead and kick it over to our first segment on dice games in general, like you just said, and let's just go with it, see how it's going, man. All right, first to kick this thing off, we're just going to look at a lot of different dice games, and I think what we ought to do is, like, let's go back to when we were, like, kids. What's one of the earliest dice games you remember playing, like, as a board game or a, a, a game that was basically about dice or use dice in the main mechanic and i think going back growing up that would be yahtzee uh in my household it seemed like either my parents were always playing it or we would be playing it with them that was one of the main games that we had uh, around the house and we always brought out the yahtzee to to play and that was the game that we gathered around the table between other uh, another you know card games but yahtzee was a staple at my house how about you and and i mean i don't think there is a more pure mainstream dice game than yahtzee a pad of paper and a bunch of dice and that's it no no and you're right and it's just you can build on that you can play games uh people make up all kinds of dice games along that theme i, I was just agreeing with you there. yeah I guess one of the early ones, earliest ones I remember, it's not really a dice game, but I just remember because of, you remember the Pop-O-Matic? You remember the board games that had the Pop-O-Matic like Trouble? Yes, Trouble. That's one of our favorite games now um, in our family. Now? Uh, I don't, now, oh, we still break out Trouble. Um, and even though my daughter is a teenager, we still enjoy Trouble. She still has the thrill of popping that number and landing on my little guy and sending him home and it brings great joy to the whole family to see if they can all finish before i get anybody out of out of the start base i don't know what's what's the favorite at your household well we got we got several of them that are going on right now the uh one of the more popular games just came out king of tokyo we got it for Mm -hmm. uh christmas i got it as a uh, family gift for everybody it's main my mechanic is 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 with dice you got six dice and it's the, the idea is that the whole thing King of Tokyo concept is that you're a monster and you're trying to attack Tokyo. That's the name King of Tokyo. But how genius, that's pure genius right there. <laughs> a lot of thought went into that. Um, yep. So anyway, so uh, they have all these different types of, of monsters like Godzilla's and robots and, and stuff like that. And you roll six dice and the goal is to gain victory points. And there's different uh uh, things on each side of the dice. Uh, there's a one, two, and three for victory points, and there's little icons you can use to attack other monsters, and then there's icons that you can use as credits to buy some additional cards that they help you out in the game. And it's the same concept as Yahtzee, Yacht- is where you take all the dice, you roll them, and you pick what you want to keep, and then you re-roll mm-hmm. again, and then you pick what you want to keep, and you can re-roll again. So you can roll three times. And the goal is to collect sets of the numbers. You get uh, three of a kind. You get those value of victory points towards the end game goal. Um, or if you get the attack icons, you can attack other monsters that are in the city. Or if you're in the city, you attack monsters outside the city. Or you get the little currency icon that you can use 
uh, for buying cards that do things for you, maybe like allow you to do a re-roll or get you an extra die or something like that. So right now, that's probably our favorite dice-based game at the at the moment. But do you not have one that's more along the hobby games and not mainstream type game? In our, I think it probably came about, you know, in episode six, we introduced everybody to Todd and from the, you know, uh, Catan, you can't burn your neighbor's cities. Todd introduced us to the game that's become the main one here now, aside from Trouble. By the way, in Trouble, I taught my daughter how to flip the board. So people <laughs> pieces, she loved that. But, um, but from Todd and his wife brought out Elder Son. Mm-hmm. And they and they introduced it, and I know you played with us at uh, one of our game clubs. And that game uh, I picked up, and I've introduced it to the neighbors and, and my wife, and they really enjoy that because you're right; it's another pressure type luck game, but it brings in a theme that you're actually having to go out. For those who have not played Elder Sign, it's a great game. It's uh, long. We've discussed the various. Um, uh, Arkham Horror type series. I think that was in what our co-op game, our segment. Marty, yes. Was saying, yeah. So, so, you know, here's the elder sign. We've talked about it. You're trying to defeat the monsters by pressing your luck, by rolling dice, trying to get either, you know, investigation tokens, Cthulhu. Hey, check that out. I said it right. Nice. Um, I appreciate it. Who that. wrote that? Yeah. Who invented that? Uh, Lovelace. <laughs> No, I that, got no clue. It's a porn star, a Slinda Loveless. No, this is H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, Lovecraft, Lovelace. I was close, man. Come on, give me, hey, give me some credit. <laughs> that's your, that's your area, dude. You know, no, uh, Lovecraft, not the other one. Oh my bad. <laughs> don't um, give, so. don't give the readers any impressions <laughs> or anything like that. Readers, oh, listeners. Okay. One of those. Hey, they, they can read the blog. They'll read all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh. Ooh, I know what's going to be an image on the site. Oh now. no! Anyway, I can't wait that's to see. G rated G. Okay, rated that's right. G. But elder sign. So you know you're trying to defeat all the monsters to gain the um, elder sign tokens to, to uh, was elder sign tokens to defeat defeat the main monster before it appears, and that's gotten a lot of play in our uh, area now or in, in our groups to be able to when we want that dice game that's the one we pull out instead of the basic i'm serious i as trouble yasir all it's in my cabinet until elder sign showed up i did have one though um that i picked up on a whim was zombie side not zombie zombie dice zombie dice zombie sides the co-op that's right yeah zombie dice um by the way did you check out zombie sides kickstart holy cow Uh, oh you mean the expansion yeah. Uh, actually, yes, I did. Um, it is it is insane. How oh, was it over half a million? No, no, half a million yeah. right now, right? Yeah, met, I think of what methods funding requirements in two minutes, something silly like that. Wow. But it was unreal. But back to tangent. what we were supposed okay. Tangent, tangent, sorry. Zombie dice. And, you know, I picked that one up. <laughs> actually, I. you know who likes that in my house or in, in, in my Mm-mm. group? Who? My mom. Really? She loves zombie dice because it takes her back to us playing Yahtzee. Well, uh, well, yeah, I guess it does because it's kind of a pressure luck. That's a term that you hear a lot with, with uh, uh, dice games, uh, pressing your luck of, of like the Yahtzee thing. You, you roll all the dice and then it's like, ooh, maybe I can get Yahtzee this turn, but I'm, I'm giving up three of a kind in order to do so, but I'll take a chance, mm-hmm. you know. And that's exactly what uh, uh, zombie dice is. It's, it's – um, you roll and and you try to collect. Is it brains? Uh, you collect is you collect up to thirteen brains while avoiding uh, three shotgun blasts. Now you can stop at any time, like you said, press your luck, and you get a cumulative brain count. But if you get up to thirteen, you're the winner, and everybody, all the other zombies, I guess, starve. Right, so, and um, there's different color dice, right? That the 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 um, red, green, and yellow. They have different yeah. things on the side, so the stats change. So there, right, there's more shotgun blast on the red or something like that, or more something like that. You got that right. You're absolutely right, sir. Okay. So I'm good on that. And because you draw the dice blindly, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're doing good, man. For some, I think I'm gonna let you play it what once. Yeah, I, but I played it again. Besides that, okay. but yeah, it's the same sort of deal. So as opposed to Yahtzee, where you're taking all your known dice and rolling them, you're blindly pulling dice and rolling them. Um, so you don't know whether you'll get the uh, 
the ones with the better stats of getting what you need are the ones that could possibly hurt you. Right. And then I don't know if you uh, – so we got zombie dice, and then uh, we enjoy a card game called Skip Bow. Have you ever played that? I have heard of it, not played it. All right. Well, then they came out with these – I don't know if you've noticed them in the big box stores, the little cans of dice games of – it's Skip Bow for dice, and there's two other ones, and I uh, forget what they are, where you're – it's all dice in this little metal can. It looks like a soda pop can. So my wife picked up that skip bow and all that is, is you're trying to roll, you flip over a card and you're rolling a sequence of three dice. And then when the first person get that sequence, so it's a speed dice game. So uh, not, not too keen on those, but it's a good game for younger kids to play, you know, where they're saying, Oh, I need to, the dice or, you know, one through six or whatever it is. I, I really don't know. Uh, don't remember and you're trying to match the card with those dice and so it's a speed game um, you can find those in your big box stores along with your regular dice just packs of dice um, draw poker dice I don't know if you've seen those I saw that in the store you know today when we were getting ready for this I always go in the store and take a look and see what's on the shelves that but I but those really aren't hobby back. games though are they I, I wouldn't think so but for people who are interested in just quick dice games i mean they, you're right they're, they're not hobby games but i mean they're, they're popular dice games and you, you right. mentioned the zombie dice and they make the same people that make zombie dice also make other dice along the same line but with different themes there's a cthulhu dice there's a and there's a martian dice and um but i think it's the same sort of sort of simple um uh, just pressure luck sort of deal too um it's funny, when I first played, going back to Elder Sign, when I first played Elder Sign, somebody tainted me on it a little bit and said, Elder Sign is just Yahtzee with monsters. And it took me a while to get over that because in a way, maybe it's a little bit like Yahtzee, but I wish somebody hadn't never told me that because now when I play, I, mm-hmm. I sometimes get that feeling as opposed to really getting into the theme of the game and enjoying the theme and stuff like that. Once I get into that and, you know, the monsters start coming out and the whole goal is as uh, to what, to keep gates from opening up so that the mm-hmm. an, an, an elder god doesn't come through it or something like that and there's a big balls fight at the end, right? Right. If it comes and, out. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it, once it's a co-op game, which is nice in a dice yep. game. Uh, you're not trying to beat the other players. Yep. Just like all the other... Um, Lovecraftian games from um, Fantasy Flight. All three of theirs in the series, Mansions of, Mansions of Madness and Arkham Horror, are also co-op. Right. So I, I guess, you know, to kind of look at this uh, segment overall, you've got plenty of opportunities, different types that are all build along the Yahtzee theme, the pressure luck. We've talked about Elder Sign. You've talked about King of Tokyo, Zombie Dice. You know, you can find all these uh, games out there if you're looking for something different when it comes to dice games to add to your collection. It all depends on the theme, I think, Marty, of what you want to do. Right, right. And obviously there is a... um there's a lot of games that use dice. So I know people are like, what about this game? And this game uses dice. And I, I think we're looking at mainly games where the dice is kind of the main mechanic. I Granted, I understand that in miniature games, most most miniature games, all the combat is is dealing with dice. But there's a lot more to that in, in, in your combat games, in your miniature games. There's positioning and, and, and movement and all this stuff. And dice is a part of that to defend to flesh out the combat part but the main element of the game i don't know that i would say is is like dice i mean wh- where do you put uh, and talking about old school games and, and actually it's kind of come back with with risk legacy but what do you think about risk games games do you consider that as a dice game or just a board game where it uses kind of a, a, a dice mechanic for the combat i would say the second the latter probably it's a board strategy game with the dice mechanic that adds the chance, but you can, <clears throat> without good strategy or great execution of your moving your armies around, you you can quickly lose at risk regardless of what your dice say. You know, right. so I, so I definitely consider it that. But so I guess Marty, what brings us to our next segment in casual corner? We're going to talk about a game that you have that you purchased up. I think it was at Gen Con, was. and and we're going to talk about that new um, series that came out that you introduced me to, uh, and we'll give that a shot in a casual corner and and, and see what it's all about. Uh-huh. 
So, in this segment of the show, as some of y'all have heard from our previous podcast, it's called Casual Corner, where we look at a game that we really like that is out there in mainstream, you've probably heard a lot about. And in this one, Marty's going to talk to us about Quarios, a Qu- dice game. Did I say it wrong? Quarios. Screw it up again. It's like, wa- it's like Warriors. Warriors. But with Qua. Fine. Quarios. Why did I, why do I, because I see it differently in my mind. All right, so Quarios. Is that right mm-hmm. now? Instead of okay. Warriors, rhymes, rhymes with Warriors, Quarios. You know, you could have brought that up when we were discussing how to start this segment off. But no, My bad. that's okay, man. <laughs> that's all right. So anyway, Marty's going to tell us all about this great new game that he got at Gen Con. Was it two years yeah, ago? Yeah, so it's not really too new. It's it's a year and a half old, year and a half old now. But yes, at Gen Con 2011, WizKids Games was introducing a new dice game, a dice building game, the first of its kind in that genre, called Quarriers. Now, we've talked about um, deck building games before where you are um, basically taking a, a, a small deck that everybody kind of has the same deck at the beginning of the game. And as you go along, those cards in your hand give you resources that you can use to buy more cards to put in your deck to build your deck over time. Quarriers is the same concept except with dice. Now, I need to read the... Uh, let me read the first paragraph of the rules because it kind of sets the stage on what's going on here. And see how many keywords I say as, as we go through this. Here we go. You are a mighty warrior, a magical warrior with knowledge of the mysterious powers of the quiddity and the art of capturing quarry. Your quarry, also known as dice, are powerful creatures and magical spells that you're using your quest to amass the most glory. So there you go. So that's it in a nutshell. You are given um, 130 different dice. This box comes with a lot of dice. And these dice are broken up into different types of groups. There's your um, quiddity, which is your is your um, basic uh, resource that's used for buying things. Uh, there are spells that uh, kind of like do an instant thing where they can, they can affect uh, the game in some way. And there are uh, creatures that uh, that you can buy during the game, and like a basic deck building game, uh, there are you you start out with a certain set number of dice, you get a certain number of quiddity, you get a certain number of assistants, which are dice that both have quiddity values or resource values on them, and a little pawn that they can use to attack. You get, I believe it's, uh, I think it's maybe twelve of those, something like that, and. You uh, get everybody gets a felt bag. There's only four players that can play it in the game, but you have your felt bag and you put your dice into the bag. Then during your turn, you pull out six dice. You roll those dice, and depending on what shows up, you do things with them. You with me so far? I am with you, and all I can say is thank goodness I didn't have to do this game. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I I had a bad time with the name of the game. I could there. Quiddity, Quarriers. There's a quake dragon that you have to deal with. Uh, yeah, they love the uh, QU words, obviously. So, so how this works is you, you got your, your uh, you put out cards in front of you on, on the table. There are you start out with your three basic cards, which I had mentioned the Quiddity, uh, which was like the assistant, and the basic uh, resource, and then something else called a portal, which kind of could allow you to re-roll things. Then you put out uh, three spells and then seven creatures. The spells and creatures are random. That's what makes this game unique. Um, what they've done is over the years, they've released additional um, expansions that give you more spells and more creatures so that it could be a different game every time you play, depending how your creatures and spells uh, mix and match. But it, looks, it works pretty simple. On your turn, there, there, it's, a, it's a phased effect. And on your turn... The first thing you do is score creatures. I'm going to skip that for a second because at the beginning of the game, you won't be scoring anything. So what you do is you reach into your bag and you pull out six dice and you roll them. Okay. Now the dice um, has uh, like a creature dice has creatures on there with attack and defense values, but they also have quiddity values too that can be used to purchase things. And it's you with the creatures in the base set, 
you have a 50% chance of getting the creature, 50% chance of getting some uh, quiddity that you can use to spend uh, during your turn. Now, if you pull out a spell, you can set the spell on the table and can use it at some time. It, you could, it has like an immediate effect, uh, like, to, like affecting something like you can uh, re-roll or maybe pull two additional dice out of the bag and, uh, and add those to the pool or something like that. But then what you do is you, um, you look at everything that you rolled with all your dice and any creatures that came up, there's three values on them. There's a level, there's an attack, and there's a defense. To put your creatures out for, the, for you to use them to attack other players, you have to pay their level in quiddities. So if you have a level one creature, you play one quiddity from the other dice that you rolled, and you can put him out. Okay, so it, it's a it's a combination of boy, I hope I get some quiddity, and I hope I get some monsters so I can get these guys out at the same time. If you roll all quiddity, you're not going to get any monsters out, but you can purchase additional monsters. If you roll all monsters, that's bad because you've got no quiddity to pay to put them out on the table. But let's say, for example, that you do get them out on the table. What you do at that time is you immediately start attacking, and this is one thing I like about the game, and my wife liked it too is that you attack everybody on the table. So, for example, I take my monster that's sitting out there, and he has some sort of a, all the monsters that are out there, I add up all the attack values. I go to the person to my left. If he has monsters out on the table, I attack his monsters. He selects who I attack first. With, with my combined attack strength, I compare it against the defense strength of that creature he's put out to defend. If it's less than the defense, then I, I don't win, and I just move on to the next player. If I exceed, equal or exceed the defense, I've destroyed that monster, and he takes that monster off the table and puts it back in his, or puts it in his used pile. And then any leftover damage I can do, I attach to another monster. But I do that for each player. So if there's four players, I go around the table and attack each individual player. And then when I'm done, those monsters just stay out on the table in front of me. Then I have the option at that time to take any leftover resources or quiddity and use that to buy additional creatures or additional spells. And they're sitting out on the table on the cards. And I can pick up one that I want to buy, put it in my use pile, and then my turn is, is pretty much done at that point. Now, when I'm out of dice in my bag, I take all the use dice and then my use pile dump them back in the bag so that's how they get back in to be pulled out again so effectively comparing it to a deck building game the dice in the use pile are, is like your discard pile in your deck and when you have no more cards you can draw you shuffle and draw when you have more dice to pull out of the bag take all the dice and put them back in the bag so this happens for each individual player now like i said if i had monsters sitting out there Let's say the person to my left gets a monster out, then he goes around and attacks everybody. So he's going to end up attacking the monsters I just used to attack him previously. So how do you score? Well, what happens is if you go all the way around the table and you can survive everybody's attacks, at the beginning of your turn, if you still have any creatures sitting out in front, you get to score them. On the cards in the middle of the table that you pull the dice off of, there is a glory value. That is basically like a victory point. So if you score it, let's say a guy's worth two points, I get two points on my little tracker, and then I take that dice and I put it in the use pile. And the goal is to get a certain number of points, depending on the number of players, that value changes. So how was, how, was that as clear as mud? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I remember the first time we played it, I was sitting there, I had no clue what was going on. And I knew it, you always play one game and you try to get the feeling uh, for how it works, I, you know, when you first introduced it to me, you said, oh, it's just a deck-building game with dice. And I agree with you, but it's, once again, one of the key things I think people need to understand is you got to learn, just like in a deck-building game, you've got to learn what the cards are and look how people are picking up which dice and how you're going to have to defend against that. Yeah, I will say um, there is a limited number of each die, die or dice, on the card so, for example, a creature may only have, there's only six uh, dice for that particular creature. So if you want one, you better get it before, before they're gone. 
And there's also abilities on each of the creatures. It's not just attack and defense values that are different. On the cards themselves, the creatures can do additional things. Uh, they have additional abilities that they can do. Those abilities either happen every single time or it requires you to roll the side of the dice that has the creature showing plus an asterisk. Um, that only, it, the dice depends. Sometimes the asterisk's on one, like I said, the creature dice, you have 50% chance of getting the creature, 50% chance of getting a quiddity value. So on those three sides that have the creatures, some of them may have the asterisk only shows up once. Sometimes it's on all of them. It just depends on the different creature. But if you if you get the creature with a little asterisk in the in the corner of the die, you look on the card and there's a special ability that you get to do. So, but, okay. but what happens typically is the most powerful form of that creature, he's only on that die once. But he's also a higher level. So number one, he costs more to get out, but he typically has maybe a higher defense, a higher attack, or that special ability attached to him. Okay. All right. Very good then. So would you... I mean, I've been looking online at this game. It's kind of hard to find now, isn't it? I mean, it seems to be pretty pricey out there. Can you still find it? Or, I mean, I know they're fixing to come out with another set, aren't they? They are. I thought you could. I have not looked recently. I know that it seems with each each expansion, they give you a bigger box. And I really appreciate I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate WizKids doing this, too. Um, the original core box came in this nice aluminum or this, this tin box, which was kind of nice, but you would kind of run out of place to put your dice, and basically you just dumped all your dice in this tin thing and that you couldn't sort them. With the newer boxes, they have trays in their boxes to put your dice in so that you can order them easily. And what they typically did was they gave you enough room for the not only the expansion that you just bought, but the core set also, which I really appreciate. So instead of having to carry two or three boxes around, you can do it in one. Now, WizKids, okay. is, I think, is going to be taking advantage of this deck-building concept because I believe it was you that told me that you had read about a month or a month and a half ago that they're coming out with the Lord of the Rings deck build, or dice-building game, right? Right. We, we saw it when we were talking about the various types of themes, and we saw, I saw on Board Game Geek, and just, bam, here's the Lord of the Rings deck uh, dice deck building game i was like holy cow and it was more of along the lines of a i think it was going to be a co-op but use the same type of mechanics so i don't know i don't know where they are on that but from a standpoint you know when we played this like i said i think i'm getting better at it um putting the dice back in the back um you know that to me it, it works very well i'm with you on that enjoyed doing it but like i said we haven't had the opportunity i haven't had the opportunity to play it enough to really make a final say on you know do i really like it Mm -hmm. as a new theme for dice building as much as i enjoyed um, taking on elder sign but you know it's it's definitely something new something different Mm -hmm. you know i always feel like with a with our deck building games that i feel like i control how many cards i'm going to get by what i place in there and now, do you have that capability in this game in Quoyers where maybe a certain one will let you draw more dice out of the bag? Yes, or yes, to, yes, there okay. is. There, there are cards that give you abilities to to pull additional dice. There was the first expansion that came out. There was, I can't remember, it was like a curse or something like that, a dice that you can give somebody else that would hurt them, where mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a weaker dice or it hurts their dice, and you give it to them and they put it in their bag. There is a mechanism mechanism to cull uh, whenever you score your monsters, you can at that point call dice out of your used pile, the, the weaker ones. And typically that's in a typical deck building game, right? Towards the end of the game, right. those original cards you started out with are worth less and they're kind of getting dead in your hand. They, they provide a mechanism with this game to get rid of dead dice too. Okay, so a lot of the good deck building things. And, and the one you brought it out, I was like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to like this. First off, random, you know, I'm, I'm doubling my randomness, what I draw out of the bag and what I roll. I'm not going to be too happy about this. But, you know, no, it's a great game. Well, it, it, and it's a good, it's a good casual game because the theme works well with people. People can understand, oh, I'm, I'm getting a creature and my creature is fighting your creature. If people enjoy dice, we're talking a lot of dice to put your hands on and roll and stuff like that. The biggest issue I had with this game 
is the fact that the creatures, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the creature to come out and fight. That's the only way to get points is to have your creature fight and then survive an entire round. Well, towards the end of the game, I don't care about getting resources or the quiddity anymore to buy more stuff. I have all I want. I just want to attack it. Well, can't say that. To get the creature out, I do have to have quiddity to put the creature out on the table. But, you know, when you have six dice and only one creature comes out of the six and the other five are, are quiddity, it's not going to do you a lot of good. And there's a very good chance that that one creature is not going to last all the way around the table and it'll probably get destroyed and thus you can't get rid of it. So the luck factor to me is a little bit elevated than your classic deck building game like Dominion because when you draw the card in your hand for a deck building game, you know exactly what you can do with it. In this game, when you draw it out of the bag, you still have to roll and there may be a chance it may not do for you what you want it to do. Right. And that to me is just, I was like, wow, okay, I can manage this. And then son of a gun, it didn't come out the way I want. Or you pull out all your monsters that you need to score those points and you don't roll squat. Yeah. Or it could be the other way where you get a bunch of monsters out there and you can't afford them to put it out because you didn't roll enough quiddity to be able to play them. You also made a very good point earlier, too, that I wanted to go back to is the fact that when somebody's new is learning this game, they need to spend time looking at the creatures and spells that came out to understand what they do. But that's probably typical with any deck building game that somebody's just getting into, whether it be Dominion or Thunderstone, whatever. People need to look at what's out on the table and see what random cards came out and how do they want to synergize those cards together. Same mechanism has to work here. So there is a little bit of time up as a learning curve for people that haven't played before to learn what these new creatures can do. Right. So any other closing thoughts on this game? Uh, I, great explanation of this game um, for people to understand if they're looking at it saying, Hmm, well, what's another dice game I could probably pick up. You know, like we said, they've got like three or four expansions checking it out on boardgamegeek.com, And then they have a whole new series getting ready to come out again this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, something about pulling quests or doing something like that. And, and like I said, we, you got the Lord of the, Ring, uh, Lord of the Rings IP mm-hmm. that's coming out. I love Lord of the Rings. I'm curious to see how a co-op version of this plays. Um, but in 2011 when it came out, uh, it came out at Gen Con. And the Wiz Kids booth was packed constantly for three or four days with people trying to demo this game. It's one of those things that I really wanted to try, but I never could get to a table to try it. And it was funny, we were flying back that the Sunday afternoon, and we were waiting in the airport, and a group of other people came in to sat near us where we were eating that just came from Gen Con, and they pulled out Quarriers to play. So I pulled up a chair and sat beside them and said, hey, I just came from Gen Con, can y'all kind of explain to me how this game works? Fell in love with it, came, went home and immediately ordered it, and I know it was tough to get early on because it was so popular. I think probably its um, its popularity has kind of waned a little bit. I think it was so popular because it was so new and so different. Um, but I, I still think they can do some some exciting things with it. That's why I'm kind of curious to see how Lord of the Rings works. Yeah, me too. I'm waiting to see if, where they go with that and see how that goes. So. All right. Well, uh, the other thing about which I think leads us right into our next segment is the love of dice and why people love the various aspects of it where we're going to just, you know, talk about dice in general, dice accessories and things like that. So great segment there, Marty. Appreciate you taking the time, going back, relearning it. And hopefully our listeners will go out and maybe add another game to their uh, collection. You appreciate me taking the time. I know, I always do. (laughs) So, so far we've been focusing mainly on dice games, but let's just talk about dice themselves. A lot of us gamers are just infatuated with dice. Oh, I know I am, Marty. Oh, my gosh. I mean, do you do you collect them, or, or what's your infatuation with them, I guess is what I'm saying, because we may be doing it, uh, we may like them for different things. Oh, well, I know for me, and when we were able to go to Origins together, that I was just, just at the Chessex booth, the colors and and the styles and the size. Oh, I mean, you know, that to me is... You know, playing our miniatures, my dice have got to match my <laughs> yeah. models going with the color schemes. Exactly. Uh, 
looking at, you know, how can, you know, what's the neatest type of shade they have. Matter of fact, I saw some, you know, metal dice and at, at our local gaming store. Uh, uh, well, oh, that's funny. Your, uh, your local gaming store in Matthews, North Carolina, um, they recently sold some dice that were made from, what was it, a Lux stone or something? It, well, I cannot remember the name of the stone, but the stone was uh, meant to bring luck to people. So the idea was that your dice was made of luck. Right, and I mean, an incredible amount of money. And there was this Kickstarter project for dice and and they're using leftover marble to make dice. Just there's something about, you know, a good looking set of dice. Okay. Even may keep that clean and just how, how well they feel or, or it, it just makes you feel good to have dice like that. And I know at your house, dice are used more for than just gaming as well. well yeah, it, it is. So my wife has really gotten into dice and in the same reason. So all the colors and everything, but what she discovered was people make jewelry with dice so my wife actually has um, some dice earrings or maybe a chain with, with dice on it because you can have all these different colors and different looks and, and even different shapes. Um, I know that uh, in most board games and stuff, they use six-sided dice. And, and those are abbreviated, for those who don't know, they're called D6s, die for, D for die and, and number of sides they have on them. Well, there are many other different shapes of dice with different number of sides there are i guess guess the most common is d4 d6 d8 d10 d12 d20 is probably the most popular wouldn't you think oh yeah with uh, and and nothing is better than going in and seeing a d20 which is in our fabulous logo that's true Um, we have you know a, a d6 and a d20 and, you know, just you hear this expressions, crits and things like that. And they're all talking about the dice and what the dice are rolling. Like a D20 is an automatic hit or a crit. And I'm doing that right. And so, you know, yes, it's amazing when you, when you give somebody say, hey, check out these dice or, or, or the prize possession when you go to a show. Or I know when I went and played in a War Machine tournament and the guy walked over there because I rolled three ones, he gave me, <laughs> okay, your dice suck. And he gave me dice that had the Privateer Press logos on them. I was like, oh, this, this was well worth it right here, you know? Uh, dice a collector's item. Um, I know that uh, at Gen Con or at Origins, they have a special die that's usually for each show indicating what year it is. Mm-hmm. I know a, a uh, a friend of mine that uh, does a lot of RPGing, he brings special dice with his special name or logo on it, and he gives them out to players mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, nobody's going to turn down a free dice. And like you said, nah. they look good. They're they're fun to play with. The only thing you got to be careful with is don't leave D4s sitting around on the floor because if you step on one, it will hurt. Oh, yeah. Those little triangles, uh, they'll, they'll eat you yeah. alive. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, so my, my wife is really in into dice at um, – at Gen Con, she was uh, going around trying to buy out all the clothes out. So there's models that they stopped making. And she mm-hmm. was at Chessex trying to buy all the ones that they were getting ready to discontinue because she didn't know if they would be valuable or whether she just knew that those colors wouldn't be available anymore. So she got them for doing that. And she tried doing things like taking, you know, taking a Dremel, you know, uh, mm-hmm. cutting through it and, and making different uh, things with it. Uh, what she wants to do now is get a bunch of just random dice and like use them in, in glass vases or vases or whatever and, and fill them up with dice and then maybe put, you know, a flower or something like that, something in there. And, and instead of like glass beads, instead of a vase, it's dice. And the idea is to do something yeah. like that and have a gaming sort of theme. One thing she really loved was at uh, the local con uh, mm-hmm. last year. Did you see the, uh, the vendor who had a gumball machine? Uh, yeah, and I was going to go in after we finished our Iron Kingdoms RPG event and go in there, and they had it closed. I was really disappointed. But, yeah, the gumball dice machine, talk about a money sucker-upper thing. That would just keep me entertained just to, oh, look at that one. I want to get that one out of there. That's That was a great idea. My youngest son pumped a lot of quarters into that thing, and what was neat was it was a random number of dice that would drop each time. It was always at least one. But every once in a while, you'd, you'd get lucky and two or three would, would fall out. And it cost a quarter. It just worked like a regular gum machine. You hit it, you spin it, and then and the dice fell out. It's just a random dice. And it was funny, the uh, the lady who had it there, 
I don't think she was. I can't remember what kind of vendor she was. It, it was she wasn't really into selling dice. Maybe it was something else. But anyway, she said she got more business off the gumball machine than about anything else. I, I believe it. It's it's a once again a dice pressing your luck. What's going to come out of the gumball machine? You and I looked at what it would take to modify one. But um, we that's a project on down the road. But you know other projects that. Uh, enjoy um, is nothing is more irritating than rolling the dice on a table and watching them skirt across onto the floor. Oh, what did he roll? What did he roll? You know, some other projects for dice accessories could be, um, I'm enjoying making those dice trays now, an eight-sided octagon dice tray. Um, Anybody can do this um, as long as the, the tricky part is putting them together, Marty, where you have to bring the sides in tight. So liquid nails, it's your friend. Well, tell you the, the dice tray you made us and gave to us, was it for Christmas, is awesome. We use it all the time. And it, it's mainly, again, for keeping the dice on the table, but also, like we found a lot of useful, we talked about uh, King of Tokyo earlier, where you got these six huge dice. It's easier just to leave in the tray and hand the tray around the table as yes. opposed to picking up and handing dice and letting it go around, around the table. So that's a perfect uh, reason to, um, to have a tray. You ever going to try to uh, make your own uh, custom dice tower? Yeah, I have the designs and all, and hopefully I'll get that um, scoped out. I had a request in for uh, two other dice trays as well as a um, trays for our war machines. Uh, they're they're first in the queue, but you know I'm not a woodworker, Lord, I'm <laughs> not a woodworker. But that's why I'm saying anybody can do these things. All you need to do is just go online, type in, get the miter cuts uh, i think it's 22 and a half whatever eight is into a 360 degree circle it'll give you the miter cuts um for what you need to do they're real simple to make and i was really surprised at how easy it was dice towers now that's going to be interesting trying to put a box together do you know how hard it is to put a box together and miter it that's just amazing no i'm sure it's pretty tough but see you've also got to put you know some t- some people call a dice box an entropy an entropy machine I mean, there's got to be something inside the box for the dice to tumble right. through. The idea of a dice tower, for those who don't know, it's it's a uh, is a tall device, maybe six, eight inches tall, and you drop your dice into it, and it hits pegs or shelves as it drops to make sure you get a good random roll, and then it comes out the bottom, and there's a little um, a little tray that keeps it from rolling anywhere. So the idea is it gives you a good random roll and keeps the dice in, in a nice, neat area. So that's, that's kind of what a dice tower is. So it's more than just putting a box, you know, together. It's putting the shelves or the pegs inside of it to get a good get a good tumble out of the dice as they drop through. All right, and I've even seen some dice trays that you can, you know, attach a dice tower to, or I've even seen dice tray where you attach little pegs to underneath it. But that's more or less like if you have a clear plexiglass or something where it sits above the game and you can see the game board. I'm not a big fan of that. I like your idea of here, here's the dice tray, pass it around. Everybody can just lay it down and roll on top of it, especially if, you know, you've got a confined space. So do you you carry a die around with you? Do I carry a die around with me? I'll have to admit, I do not. I do carry a deck of cards around with me because you never do know when you need to play out a deck of cards. But I, I think you're right. I think I need to carry some dice around just, just for habit. I don't carry it in my pocket, but I do have several random assorted dice inside my bag, mm-hmm. uh, my laptop bag. And also I have a very large D20 sitting on my desk at work. And every once in a while, I'm gonna, I'll walk in and i see what kind of day it's going to be and I roll funny thing is my uh, son gave me that for uh, my birthday i said well let's see how this bad boy rolls guess what i rolled one one yeah there you go yeah that's that's me and dice right there i hear so. it doesn't matter the size i understand that so it doesn't matter the size of the dice so it's that's right it's all gonna happen to you all right well i think that's pretty well i'm sure there are other accessories for dice you know but i think you know, those are the big ones that come to my mind. So um, I hopefully some other people will mention some out there for us and, and give good ideas. So in tonight's episode, uh, we are going to introduce a new segment called What's Your Point? And in this, Marty and I are going to either discuss a point or a question that's come up over the past two weeks and maybe discuss some of the benefits of it or debate some 
uh, obvious disagreements between us, but overall we're just going to throw it out there on the table and have a little discussion. So we hope you enjoy that. So for tonight's episode, we're going to start with the question, are dice games more enjoyable when you eliminate some of the luck factor in it? Yes. Yes, they are. So, I mean, we can go ahead and stop the segment right now. Yes, okay, sounds good. Are. So, I mean, you know, I think I've made my point. I don't think I need to state any more reason. No, as I had said before, um, I, I like dice games, but there is that element of chance that uh, sometimes you have to overcome. And, you know, we discussed before, like, uh, you know, your classic mainstream games, like you mentioned Trouble uh, or, you know, just like Monopoly or something like that. You just roll the dice and you, and you got to go with it. Well, that's that's pretty much all luck based on the roll, correct? Right. I, I agree with you. It's all based on the luck. But like you were just saying, I mean, you're rolling the dice. The dice are taking your name. It's part of the game. Is it something that you want to completely eliminate? No, I don't think so. And I think that's one of the points you're making is it's still part of the game. But to constantly be beat up by the dice, that's just that just makes a game not fun. Well, to me, if you can somehow compensate for getting beat up by the dice to help your odds with the dice, then I'm okay with it. So let's just say, for example, there is a game where you have 1d6, and let's say you need to roll, uh, you're, you're trying to attack something. I'm just thinking of a generic gaming thing. You're trying to attack something, and you have to roll a 5 or 6 to get it. Well, okay, let me even give you more specifics. Sorry okay. here. All right, let's take oh, a generic, oh, a real famous game like a Catan and you've got 1d6 oh no you got two that's got right two. God, yeah okay let's just go with it you got 2d6 where you're constantly you know you think you've got everything positioned really well and you think you've claimed the right resources and you've got the highest um, statistical roles coming up and that and you're just not seeing the roles you know yeah, but my point is going to be something different. I'll go back to it in a second, but I was going to talk about the Catan too. So with 2D6, it's a totally different thing because basically you've got a bell curve. And we had mentioned this before when we talked about Settlers of Catan what, back in episode one. Uh, the way 2D6 works is with the bell curve is that the most common number rolled is a seven because you can have, uh, what, six combinations of two uh, D6s rolling to get a number seven. So that's the most common number. And then if you draw a curve on each side of that, the the six and eight will come up a little bit less and then on down to where the the least uh, chances, the lowest chances for rolling uh, numbers would be a two and a 12, right? Because the only way you can get that is a one and a one and a six and a six. So with Catan, right. what they do is, you know, you randomly place the numbers around the different resources. And the idea is, is you want to make sure that you get on resources that have numbers five and six and like eight and nine, because statistically those numbers should come up more often. So to me in Catan, there's a little bit of strategy there and heaven forbid, have you ever played a game when like all the ore was on like a two or a three or 11 or 12? Oh uh, yeah, I've seen that, but I've also seen it on a six or an eight and, and I'll be darned if the dice didn't hate me. No, I, never I, I agree. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. have you ever tracked dice rolls during a Catan game to see if it fit the curve? Yes, I have too. And it's funny, funny enough, that lots of times it does not fit the curve. But anyway, but see, in that game, they they've taken some of the statistics of the dice and tried to work around with it. The point I was going to make earlier: let's say there's a game where you got to roll a, you got to take one d six and roll a five or a six, maybe to to hit or something like that. To me, there ought to be some sort of condition in the game to where you can somehow earn an additional die to roll along with it. So now you have two chances to get that five or six. Well, see, so you've increased your your odds of being able to get what you need because now you got two chances to roll that as opposed to just one. Or maybe there's games where typically you need a five or a six, but maybe there's some sort of stat or enhancement to where uh, instead of five or a six, well, you only need a four, five, or six. So again, you've increased your chances by what's that sixteen percent because it's one six. You need you, you have a one in six chance of getting a six and one in six chance of getting a five. One in six chance of getting a four. That's three out of six. So you had a fifty percent chance to get a four, five, or six. So now I've I've helped myself by lowering the requirements of what I need to roll. 
To me, that's how you add strategy into dice games is to somehow take the regular rolls and manipulate them and somehow give extra dice to roll or change the numbers that you're needing to roll against. Overall, that to you is what would make a dice game better. So how do you take a game like, and I guess Elder Sign, we talked about it, where you can add dice in. Yes. Um, so that helps you out. Uh, zombie dice, the various statistics are on the dice. So you know that you have the capability of, if I don't, am only going to pull out red dice on my next hand pull, I'm, going, I'm not going to get it. I might as well stop now. So that's the part that's lessening the dice versus what straight Yahtzee where it's always right there or and I'm trying to think of a game where you know maybe it's not as much fun because you don't have that and and, and I'm just drawing a blank right now because I guess maybe it's because we don't like playing them that way we we prefer the ones that are out there and, and even with zombie dice right you can pull out the red dice you know it's going to be the it's, what is it, the red dice have more uh, shotgun shots on them yeah so you know have a better chance of rolling that but even that is that classical press your luck you know even if you get pull all green dice out you're just pressing your luck on on how how far you think you can go before one of those shotgun shots come up but you know i think that uh, one game that we do play where the dice is an integral part of the game but they did a good job of trying to minimize the luck and have some sort of strategy behind it is the miniatures game that we play war machine there's a lot in that game having to do with positioning and moving your guys and, and all that stuff. There's a lot in the, in the tactical play of that game. But when it comes down to straight combat, well, you're dealing with dice at that point. But there are different abilities that they give you to mitigate some of the chances that you, that you may have to run up against on the dice. For example, there are these conditions where you can get an extra dice to roll. There are conditions where you can increase maybe your defense when somebody's rolling against you so they have to roll higher you know, to, to get to you. Or there's that whole strategy of where your guys are placed. If, if a guy is behind a wall or, or uh, behind a tree, he's harder to hit, so they have to roll a higher number to hit you and stuff. I appreciate that because uh, now you, you, you take the, you, the dice are still a part of the game, but depending on how you play it, you can increase or decrease, if you don't play well, your odds of, of doing what you need to do. Okay. And, and I understand that and I appreciate it, but I still go back to Catan. Uh, for some other reason, I understand your point that, hey, it makes, you know, the, the game kind of takes the statistics into it where you're putting out the random, but I still think of all the games we've played, that to me is one of the games where the dice rolls really do impact the game, which is something that, in my opinion, if, if I could change Catan, that's what I would change about it. I would try to figure out a better way to mitigate those dice rolls. Where I my number is not coming up, I'm not getting the resources, and of course, you know, they're not, you know, trading me, you know, sheep, sheep for right. or sheep for or right. or, or as as one of the great uh, dork towers. That was an awesome one where you <laughs> <laughs> glub 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 sheep for boat for Midden Island. <laughs> that was, I love that. That was good. The um. But, you know, like we had in our last episode where we talked about Euro games, that was one of the things about the Euro games that we had said that they try to remove a lot of the luck factor out of the game. That's why a lot of Euro games, okay, granted Catan is a Euro game, but a lot of other Euro games do not use dice at all. Right, and and I understand that. But now I know we're sitting here saying, you know, you know, get dice games, they need to be able to do that to make them a little bit more enjoyable. I do at times do like that risk, but you know, I, I'm finding myself tending to go towards games that they, they just don't have it. You know, they don't have the dice in them other than our, the miniature game, well, war machine. So other than that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all the games I play. I'm, I'm not seeing where the dice are coming out as much. Yeah. And, um, I, I believe in all the, uh, the Elder Signs, Arkham Horror, Mansions of Madness, there are dice rolls. But for some reason, it, when it's a co-op situation, it's like the dice hurt everybody or they help everybody. Right. They share the pain. It's it, all Exactly. Shared. And it, it is when it's a one-on-one thing, it's it can be just brutal. And it's just it's just the way it goes sometimes. I mean, even in the War Machine games that we've played with, with other people and with each other, there are situations where statistically uh, this game's over. Only a sixteen percent chance that I'll fail in Dagum if it doesn't happen, you know. And that's like, well, what do you do? 
You did everything right, and it's like we just got to soak it up, shake hands, and move on. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the tournament I was in, and I had my troll champions got wiped out by some other unit, and I needed to roll the tough roll. And I'll be darned, out of five guys, what is a tough? It's five and six, right, or is it six? I can't I ever can't remember. remember. I think it's, yeah, I can't remember either. But either way, uh, out of five of them, what were the chances that I was going to roll a five and six on them, and I hit them all? That you're right. Suck it up. That's the way it is. Yeah. So you're pushing almost a you know what a 33 percent chance on each one. So you're rolling five times. And you think out of all those, you'd hit that 33 yeah. percent chance, and it didn't happen. Or or but but I hit it all. So the guy's like, you've got to be kidding me. The dice aren't kind to me. They're being great to you. And a, a friend of ours made the statement that says you can't blame the dice. Because, like you point out, it's strategy that he was doing the strategy. The dice are part of the game for everybody. No, they are. They are. It, it's just that you just got to kind of accept that and and move on. Again, that's kind of the whole point we were trying to make. What's our point is? I think we both probably agree on this that we probably appreciate games where if they include dice, they somehow mitigate the luck factor by allowing you to influence the dice again by. Uh, adding and subtracting values you need or actually adding additional dice to the rolls. So we come to another close of rolling dice and taking names. This was the whole episode dedicated to nothing but dice games. That's why we had that cute name that Tony came up. Was it rolling the bones? Roll them bones? Roll them bones. Roll them bones. There you go. So we've talked about what? We, oh gosh, a lot of different games. Covered quarriers. Um, had this whole long discussion about the the strategy of dice and everything. And I know some people were probably screaming. Okay, they probably weren't. They probably didn't even notice. But there's one major genre of game that we didn't even cover that dice are used very heavily, which is... Role-playing games. Yep. And the reason why we didn't is because... We're going to cover them in a future episode where we're hoping to... have. It's going to be another special guest episode on... Uh, from someone who's a game master. We're going to talk about it there. We're hopefully going to also discuss maybe another what's your point about, you know, how RPGs aren't for just those really nerdy, geeky kind of people. So, you know, that's that's going to come up on a future episode. So I hope everybody can hold off, hold off for it, anticipation of yeah. that. We'll have an RPG theme episode in the future. There is one thing before we go. I do want to mention this other game since we are talking about dice games. There is a Kickstarter project that is going on uh, right now uh, as we record. And it still should be going on when this comes out. It's from uh, Tasty Minstrel Games. It's called uh, Dungeon Roll. And I want to mention it because it is strictly a dice game. It is in the vein of a pressure luck game such as Zombie Dice, but it seems to have a little bit more strategy uh, to it in that, yeah, you're kind of pressing your luck with the rolls of your dice, but each of the dice have special abilities and capabilities and stuff. And some of the previews of it have been pretty favorable. I know that uh, the site FatherGeek.com did a preview of it and really liked it and said he's actually putting away his his Zombie Dice and going to start playing this strictly. And uh, I saw it was only 15 bucks. I thought, ah... As much as I say I dislike games for 15 bucks, I'll give this one a shot because I think it might be a good family game. So I just wanted to mention that because it is going on right now and it kind of really fits into the episode we just talked about. Yeah, and I can't wait for you to get it so I can play it. Uh, Cheap. So you, I understand, but hey, I, I put in the the additional $15 towards another kickstart on our metallic coins. I can't wait to get those in from minion games. They're hearing the clink, clink, clink on the table. I can't, I can't wait either. What do we, what do we uh, get each 140 coins a piece? 140 coins <laughs> with, uh, I just, it, that's, I, I can't, I hope if people took the opportunity and jumped all over that one, but I'm with you. I think, you know, TMG tasty minstrel came out with, uh, eminent domain, another game that we really, uh, enjoy and talk about on the podcast and hopefully um, they'll have good success it's already like you said it's already funded right and all the stretch goals are gone or something yeah, what's going on yeah, i think that's it yep yeah and so speaking of eminent domain by the time this is out we'll have released our next uh, five minute initiative so you didn't catch that go back and catch that one where we talk about uh one of our top sci-fi games and um 
wow, I think we've been talking long enough. So it's probably time to wrap this thing up. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, check out our website or our blog at uh, rolldicetakenames.com and our Twitter feed at Dice and Names. And uh, we hope to catch you back on the flip catch you back on the flip side that's awesome it's like a dj you know i'm going yeah, back well, to the old 50s dj thing yes maybe you got a long enough pause you can cut that one out let's see what happens <laughs> what shows up on the on the show yeah it'll stay anyway thanks for listening see you later